Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And that is what some of you were, but you were washed in the name of the Lord Jesus. Welcome to Canaanbaum Podcast, a podcast designed to offer the Christian rest during life's journey. Canaanbaum Podcast is a compilation of devotional resources shared by pastors serving in the Wisconsin Evangelical Lutheran Synod, the Wells, along with church history, music, and other items. My name is Tom Barthel. I'm serving as pastor at Trinity Lutheran in Nina, Wisconsin. Glad to be serving as your host for this episode. This is episode number 111. We'll start out with Bible truths. Once again, these are shared by the elders at St. Mark's Lutheran in Bemidji, Minnesota. Bible truths. Question 14. What does God say about homosexuality? God is very clear in his word. Unrepentant homosexuals are listed along with the unrepentant sexually immoral, idolaters, adulterers, men who have sex with men, thieves, greedy, drunkards, slanderers, and swindlers, and those who will not inherit eternal life in heaven. Those who continue to openly sin against God justify their sins through their own reasoning and the world's approval. This does not change God's view of homosexuality. Sins that are tolerated by the world are still destructive to one's spiritual health. However, think about those who have a serious illness. Don't they need someone to cure their illness immediately? Absolutely. In the same way, believers recognize the serious effects all sin has on their spiritual health, so they go to God for healing before sin overpowers their soul. God calls all sinners, including homosexuals, to repentance. One needs to understand that the homosexual lifestyle is leading that person away from God and has no real lasting joy. But God desires that they have everlasting joy with Him. God leads sinners to recognize that all sexual immorality is a sin, more importantly, he teaches them that the blood of Jesus, his Son, purifies them from all sin. Through the gospel, he strengthens them to reject all urges to act out on sexual sins. The joy that Christians have is the same joy all sinners can have, that is, knowing God loves us and forgives us all in Christ. As we repent of our sins, he grants us help in overcoming them. God's Word on Homosexuality in the NIV 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9-11 to 11. Or do you not know that the wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, or, or idolaters, or adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers, will inherit the kingdom of God. And that is what some of you were. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, by the Spirit of our God. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 10, For the sexually immoral, for those practicing homosexuality, for slave traders and liars and perjurers, and for whatever else is contrary to sound doctrine. Romans chapter 1, verse 24, Therefore God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts the sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 15, Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Never. 
Matthew chapter 10, verse 28. Do not be afraid of those that kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both the soul and body in hell. Romans chapter 8, verse 13. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of your body, you will live. Here's a song by Tracy Fedke, Two Hands.
Up next, God's Word for You, shared by Pastor Timothy Smith. God's Word for You, Job 37. We'll begin with the first 13 verses. We have come now to the final speech of Job's friend, Elihu. And after this chapter, none of Job's friends will speak any more in the book. Verses 1 to 4. At this my heart pounds and leaps from its place. Listen, listen to the roar of his voice, to the rumbling that comes from his mouth. He unleashes his lightning beneath the whole heaven and sends it to the ends of the earth. After that comes the sound of his roar. He thunders with his majestic voice. By now the storm was right on top of them. My heart pounds. It leaps from its place. The thunder was so loud and close at this point that it sounded like it was being sent to the ends of the earth. If you've ever been in a building that was hit by lightning, you know how loud it can be. I can still remember the explosion of a lightning strike, oh, 25, 30 years ago, when I was a counselor at a summer camp on the Mississippi River. We thought a bomb had gone off right inside the building. Surely God thunders with his majestic voice. Um, I stopped in the middle of verse 4. Let's continue there and go down to verse 8. When his voice resounds, he holds nothing back. God's voice thunders in marvelous ways. He does great things beyond our understanding. He says to the snow, fall on the earth, and to the rain shower, be a mighty downpour, so that everyone he has made may know his work. He stops all people from their labor. The animals take cover. They remain in their dens. The word uh, marvelous is nipleot. It's a verb, actually. It's a term used in the book of Judges for the Lord when the Lord, in the form of an angel, says to Samson's parents, Why do you ask my name? It is beyond understanding. That's in Judges 13. When the big storm comes, uh, everything stops. At this very moment, um, uh, as I was uh, uh, writing uh, the notes for this uh, session, the Mississippi River was so gorged by melted snow and new rain that the whole southern half of the big river was flooded so much that every time we're hearing radio or TV interviews, people are saying about this. That's the hand of God. Verses 9 and 10. The tempest comes out from its chamber, the cold from the driving winds. The breath of God produces ice and the broad waters become frozen. Elihu describes the big storm coming from its chamber, its cheder. This is the same word we find in 2 Samuel 13 from the bedroom of King David's son, Amnon. We also see a cheder becheder, a chamber within a chamber or an inner room in 1 Kings 20 as a hiding place for a king. Here the cheder is the birthplace of the rain, the, the womb, I suppose, of the rain, uh, this might be the idea in Song of Solomon 3-4. Uh, but this uh, cheder, this birthplace, isn't a shed in heaven's backyard, but it's wherever God needs it to be. Ice, rain, snow, God sends the water when and where it must be to carry out his purpose. Verses 11 to 13. He loads the clouds with moisture. He scatters his lightning through them. At his direction, they swirl around over the face of the whole earth to do whatever he commands them. He brings the clouds to punish people or to water the earth and show his love. Just like his word, God causes his rain to accomplish his will. The rainstorms might punish those who need to repent of their sins, and the rainstorms might bless those who need it. We have to concede that Elihu doesn't know everything. Sometimes the rain may fall in one place so that it will not fall in another. Sometimes the rain will pass by a place so that it will fall on another. 
We ask the question now boldly, since it's been uncovered in the previous chapter, is it better to suffer or to deny God? Given this choice, we have to humbly ask God to let us suffer for him, if that is his will. But we also beg him to show his love and to keep us safe. Let the rain that falls on me be a rain of blessing. I wonder if Luther was thinking of this paragraph from Job when he described the gospel as a summer shower or a pelting rain that hurries uh, from one place to another. Now, although Luther was actually preaching a sermon on 2 Corinthians 6 in 1525 when he said this, this is what he said. What it hits, it hits. What it misses, it misses. But it does not return or stay in one place. The sun and heat come after it and lick it up. Experience also teaches us that no section of the world has the gospel, that in no section of the world has the gospel remained pure and unadulterated beyond the memory of a man. On the contrary, it stood its ground and flourished as long as those remained who had brought it to the fore. But after they had passed from the scene, the light also disappeared. Factious spirits and false teachers immediately followed. Um, that, that, that isn't in Luther's um, American edition uh, works, uh, unless it's one of the newer volumes that's just recently come out. But it's in um, uh, the St. Louis edition in volume 12. It's also in a, in a little group of books called What Luther Says in volume 2. Let's close with a long hymn prayer. Lord, keep us steadfast in thy word. Curb those who fain by craft and sword would wrest the kingdom from thy Son, and set it not all he hath done. Lord Jesus Christ, thy power make known, for thou art Lord of lords alone. Defend thy Christendom, that we may evermore sing praise to thee. O Comforter of priceless worth, of priceless worth, send peace and unity on earth. Support us in our final strife, and lead us out of death to life. In Christ, I'm Pastor Tim Smith. This is God's Word for you. To Tell the Story is shared by Pastor Luke Italiano. When Aaron opened his eyes, the first thing he saw was the sky, which was more than a little unusual. And he heard nothing. He sat up and saw that he was surrounded by a great crowd. He recognized some people. There was his neighbor. There was the town baker. Here was here was his mother. He had no clue what that expression on her face meant. And Aaron looked out wider and saw a great crowd of people that he had no idea who they were. And in his little town of Nain, everyone knew everyone. And there was someone holding his hand. It was a man. A, a man that Aaron didn't recognize. And then Aaron re realized everyone was watching him. Um, hi? And the crowd erupted into cheers and praise and ecstatic yelling and screaming. Aaron was a little surprised at this. The man who was holding his hand helped him get down out of a coffin? What was he doing in a coffin? And suddenly, phew, like a force out of nature, his mother had tackled him, was bear-hugging him, was bawling, and she was saying something, although he could not understand her words. And he 
were and you were dead, and then and then he came in and he said, "Don't cry," and he said, and he took your hand. He said, "Young man, I say to you, get up." And she was whatever was she was saying was very important to her, but Aaron could not understand it. He looked over at the man. What happened? The man smiled. You were dead, but now you are alive again. Dead. Dead. What? What? And then Aaron heard what the crowd was screaming. A great prophet has appeared among us. They cried. God has come to help his people. God. Aaron looked at the man. Who are you? I'm Jesus, he said. And Aaron couldn't understand. Why would you bring me back? I'm just someone. I'm not anyone special. I haven't done anything. And Jesus threw his head back and laughed, but not in mockery, in pure joy. And he looked at Aaron and he answered, "When I bring someone back, it's never a because of something they did. It is always because of what I have done for them." My brothers, my sisters. Jesus says that he is the resurrection and the life. He who believes in him will never die. And when he brings someone back from the dead, it is never about what they have done, but always about what he has done for them. And this story is true. We'll close with a song by Cross to Glory. Life song.
victory song But here on this earth we have time once again A time to tear and a time that we mend A time for silence, a time that we speak A time to love and a time that we hate A time for war, a time for peace You have been listening to Canaan Bound Podcast, episode number 111. This episode was first shared in April of 2016. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Please visit CanaanBoundPodcast.com where you can find information on the artist and the music shared in this episode and learn how you can support them in their ministry. We also encourage you to visit a Wells Ministry location nearest you visit wells.net thanks for joining us remember his promised rest song